Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio for 10 years, the number one Irish tech podcast, bringing you the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, as well as our show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app with Apple TuneIn or Spotify, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every single day with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. Now, as you most likely know, Science Foundation Ireland is the body responsible for supporting cutting-edge research and career development for academics here in Ireland. This week, Niall Kitson sat down with their Director-General, who is also the Chief Scientific Advisor to the Government, Professor Mark Ferguson, to talk about Ireland's progress as an innovation island and a lot more. It's actually been a few years since we last had a conversation, so yes. uh, which I think is somewhat unusual given that we, we bump into each other quite a lot of these Indeed. things. So when, uh, when last we, we talked for Tech Radio, you mentioned the mission statement of SFI was to have research with impact. Now, uh, you arrive with a certain set of structures in place. How have things been motoring along? So I'm pleased at how things have, have motored along. I think the research system, both in academia and in industry, has uh, responded well. So the SFI research centres are a new development on the scene in the last uh, half dozen years. Uh, and basically they focus on the distributed excellence in Ireland. So all of the excellent people in different uh, higher education institutes have to collaborate. And they have to collaborate with industry and the industry has to provide co-funding. And they also have to win competitive research funding outside the Irish Exchequer, typically European programmes. That's going brilliantly well. You know, a few numbers. In 2012, the aggregate funding in cash of companies into the public research system in Ireland was about 8 million euros. It's now over 300 million. So that's a real big step change. That's really important research. I mean, they're funding research that's both absolutely the cutting edge of innovative ideas where they need to be and also things that are closer to market that are addressing their needs. So that's the right balance of applied and basic research. The centres themselves, I think, have transformed the landscape. People are collaborating within Ireland as opposed to competing. I mean, the competition's not in Ireland. The competition's in America or the UK or Germany or wherever, China. So that's good because it allows us to leverage this distributed excellence. The companies have really responded. You know, they've engaged. We're seeing repeat business of escalating financial value. That tells you somebody's got some value. And we're also seeing talent being developed in terms of young people, PhD students, and overseas collaboration. So it's going in the right direction. We're really pleased with it. We have very high standards. We want these things to be among you know, the best in the world and the top six or so in the world. So we are very, very uh, discerning when we come to international reviews, but I'm very well pleased with them. That role of, intra- of uh, industry is sort of a, a new development where you do have researchers having to come up with commercially viable projects or, or developing conversations with industry. To what extent do you think that has been a driver of the kind of work? I think it's very important, and I also think it's very important to realize that companies are also interested in the cutting edge. You know, if you're a company, you want to be working with the best people in the world. Not necessarily the very best, but you've got to be in the top 10%, okay? So, so the first criteria is you've got to be really good globally. 
Second criteria is you've got to be user-friendly, okay? You've got to be able to interact well with people and so on. And then the third thing may be the kind of co-funding that comes uh, from the state. So what you see in the portfolio is you see companies funding things that are really at the cutting edge of the field, where they know that if it goes well, they have to be involved. But at this stage, they wouldn't commit to funding at 100%. They couldn't justify that to shareholders. That makes perfect sense. But in this, but what I'm doing through SFI and the centres is de-risking that. So they couldn't find, they can fund 30% of it or 50% of it. And then you also get people who are addressing things that relate to their business, you know, what it is that they're trying to do. And then you get things that are a little closer to market, which may, and you need all of those. You need that whole spectrum. And there are really good researchers in industry. I mean, there are cutting-edge researchers. If you just think about the area of artificial intelligence, machine learning, I mean, I would uh, conjecture that Google or Facebook or LinkedIn or any of those companies probably have a better uh, uh, complement of cutting-edge researchers than even you would find in Harvard or Yale or MIT. Uh, so so let's be clear, there are really excellent people there that it makes sense to, to collaborate with. And that's worked well. I think the, the Irish system has embraced that. It's really important for Ireland because it's about embedding companies in Ireland. It's about taking them on a journey to the higher value innovation, research-led stuff that makes the investment more sticky. It's about you know developing within the ecosystem, and we can see that. We can see that with spin-out companies forming, and we can also see it with investments of R&D centres from large multinationals. It's still a journey to go on. We're, we're not done. Uh, I mean, I think the good news is about 50% of the multinational companies now engage with public research in Ireland. That's terrific but there's 50% who don't. So, the, so you know, the, the job's not done yet, but we're in the right direction. So we're up to 17 uh, research centres at the moment. Um, some kind of, uh, I don't want to say left field, but... Um, unconventional I would say development especially when, when you have the likes of Chagas in, involved in future milk and previously we had talked about spare capacity available in mm. areas such as manufacturing and mm. um, so when somebody comes to pitch a research center do you bear in mind already that okay we haven't looked at smart manufacturing yet or 3d printing is something we haven't looked at yet let's explore this a bit more Yes, so, so we do two things with the research centres. First of all, we have an open competition where people can propose whatever they like. That's important. And then we have areas that are strategically important for Ireland. So, you know, manufacturing is really important for Ireland, 50% of our GDP or thereabouts. So we want to have really good cutting-edge uh, research centres. Agriculture is very important for Ireland. And, you know, I'm very, very uh, positive about smart agriculture, which is the intersection, I guess, of ICT, big data, machine learning, AI, with traditional agriculture. It's an area where Ireland could excel. We have great traditional agriculture. We have, uh, you know, cutting-edge companies in the ICT space and in the big data space. This is an area where we could be global leaders. It's a very important area. I mean, if you look, for example, at greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture, you're not going to deal with that by not having cows or, or you're not going to deal with that, like, by electrifying a vehicle or insulating your house. It's a much more difficult problem. And so you need to be able to address that at the kind of research level. So you mentioned Vista Milk. I'm delighted about that. Uh, it's the first SFI research centre we have joint funding from another government department. So we are, of course, administering it in the system. Uh, but uh, there's funding from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. This is terrific. This is joined up thinking. It's joined up government. There's no point in us funding a cutting-edge agricultural research centre if the results cannot be translated through to farmers and, and part of the farm outreach. So it kind of ensures that that you know, end-to-end piece is there. And I'm very positive about that. And I hope in the future you'll see more co-funding 
funding of SFI research centres with other government departments, climate change, for example, health, for example. That's a great thing. That's a good thing for the system. Looking at how uh, researchers can be supported in their careers, because we are aware of now of the success of the, the centres, so bringing it down to the level of the individual researcher. Um, we've talked in, uh, in the past about problems with diversity. We've talked in, uh, about problems of getting your foot on the ladder. So what changes are we seeing uh, in those areas at the moment? Well, that's a focus area for us now in 2019 and going forward. You know, in the, in the opinion of the board of SFI, which I completely agree with, about half of our funding should be for what I loosely call team science which is like the centres and about half for individual uh, led research so individual led research is important it's important for career development as you've just talked about it's important for the emerging areas of the future so in the surge awards which we've announced today that's people's first starting grant that's their first step on the ladder that's an almost unique program globally and there are really bright people who want to be you know branching out on their own It's also an opportunity to address gender because at that stage in development in the ecosystem, it's about 50% men, 50% women at PhD levels. When you go to higher levels, unfortunately, around the world, including in Ireland, there's a predominance of males, for example, and professors. So we put an incentive in this uh, surge program for people to find really good females to apply because historically, we only got 25% of the applications from women. So we have a cap for the institutions and and you have to have at least 50% of the people who are women. When we review the applications, we do not take gender into account. We simply say to the reviewers, find us the best people. That's really important. The women who've got funded in this program today are funded because they are excellent. They're excellent against their peers and they've had no added advantage by being a woman. But we've encouraged them to apply. And this is now the second year where we've gone from a 25% application rate to an application rate that's somewhere between 40 to 50% and where the success rates match that. So what it tells you when you encourage people to apply, they cut the mustard with very good uh, things. Now, you can't do that at the professorial level and so on because there isn't the substrate there, but at least it's a start. At least it's something that we can do. So that's one step towards uh, increasing the diversity. We will uh, address in a program we will launch this year, Frontiers for the Future, will be a new flagship program to support individual research. This is kind of like the individual research equivalent of the centres. This is a program where we'll be looking to support really innovative individuals. It'll have a couple of novel features. The first is that we'll have the capacity to apply for a small grant to do high-risk, high-reward research. Why is that important? When you do international peer review, if you want to do something that is really innovative and out of the box and it costs a lot of money, I can guarantee it will almost certainly not be funded because people will say this is too risky, it's not a good use of the taxpayers' money, whatever. So if you want to do high-risk, high-reward projects, you need to have those with a reasonable cost. Otherwise, it's almost impossible to review. That will be a feature of that. We want those high-risk, high-reward projects. You know, Not all of them will work, of course, but the ones that do may give you a dis- proportionate return. And then we will have conventional uh, projects that people put in as individual uh, researchers. Novel feature of that will be that the applicant will be able to decide the relative weighting that the reviewer puts on their track record versus the proposal. 
That's important from an innovation point of view. You get innovation from people who've innovated before. That's why track record's important. But you also get innovation from really interesting people you've never heard of who've got a fantastic project. We want both of those. But the latter also helps women. It helps people who've been out of the science system for a period of time. So if you've been out in a career break, for example, or if you're coming back to uh, research from a teaching career or whatever, maybe you've been in industry for a period of time, people who may have a really terrific project but whose track record would not be comparable to somebody who's made a long and continued uh, 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 contribution by being in the academic system. So by allowing the applicant, not us, the applicant to say, please review this proposal like with a 50-50 weighting on track record versus project or an 80% weighting on the proposal, you get the best of both worlds. Those things are aimed at now stimulating the pipeline of individual researchers who in five or ten years' time will coalesce and form the centres of the future in subjects that none of us even know the name of today. One of the metrics that we've been talking about there is financial success. Uh, The centres, however, are excelling in terms of their, um, uh, how would you say, the impact of their research on a global level and their level of citation. Yes, indeed. So we have large numbers of measures. I mean, financial is one impact into society is another. But the measure of science and, and the importance of the science that you see internationally is citations. And the most uh, ardent measure of that is the share that the country or the researchers have of the top 1% of, of, of high-cited papers. So it's not even the top 10%, it's the top 1%. It's a very stringent measure. This year, I'm delighted, 2018, in the Clairvariate Elsevier International Analysis, 25 people from Ireland, typically is 10, so almost double. And of those, 10 of them are an APC Microbiome uh, Research Centre. And, and many of them are on other research centres. And, of course, there are one or two other exceptional individuals who are not in research centres, exactly what you would predict. But it's going up. It's going in the right direction. And what this tells you is that these things are complementary. It's not one thing or the other. You can do really excellent research that people cite. You can collaborate with industry. You can you know, train good students and so on. It's, it's an and. It's not an or. And I think you see that. You see the performance both in terms of the science and in terms of its impact. One thing that tech companies in particular are talking an awful lot about is talent, gaining it, retaining it, how to foster it. Um, There's sort of two schools of thought on this, whether to to foster your own internally or whether to um, buy in stars, if you will. Um, What way do you see the trend going? Are we going to see more internationals coming into Ireland or are we going to see more Irish researchers sort of uh, going their own way? I think both are important. So, I mean, we have a, our view on talent, uh, which is very important. I mean, three words that are important to SFI, excellence, impact, and talent. So the talent is a grow-your-own and an attract. Uh, it's both. So the grow-your-own is, for example, like the Starting Investigator Award that we uh, announced today, uh, where you're supporting young people, and then using the SFI Research Professorship Scheme or Future Research Leader Scheme, attracting really talented people to Ireland. Those two things interact. You know, star researchers attract good students. Star researchers attract other uh, good faculty. Star researchers attract companies. So you want to grow your own stars, and you also want to attract your own stars. And we are doing both of those. I think there's a lot of really interesting opportunities that have been presented by geopolitical events, whether it's Brexit or Trump in the United States. I mean, for example, in climate change, there are people in the U.S. who are not very happy. So that's a wonderful opportunity that's been handed to us. There are some people not very happy elsewhere. So what we've done, and you can see this, is that we have tried to attract people to Ireland. We are not being parasitic. So I always say if people are thinking of leaving, I want them to think of Ireland. 
But equally, we're partnering with, uh, with institutions. So our first joint appointment between University College Cork and the University of Oxford, the world's number one university, Professor Seamus Davis coming back from Cornell, the area of quantum, really outstanding person. It's a win-win. You know, the Clarendon Laboratory in Oxford has facilities that we could not possibly replicate, nor should we. It would be a waste of the taxpayers' money. Um, so he's using those and, and so on. But he's also living in Cork and contributing to Tyndall. So we need to be nimble of foot. We need to be looking for opportunities to attract really star people to Ireland and we need to be growing our own. And also in the growing alone, we will announce this year more than 700 new PhD students, all in the area of data analytics and its application, a very important area for all areas of industry, whether it's commerce, agriculture, health, tech, whatever. Um, so, so it's about having programs that are providing a pipeline of individuals with the skills that are needed in today's economy. And, you know, when there's something different in five years' time, we'll do the something different. One of the things you've spoken about sort of as a personal hobby horse is the introduction of challenge-based research. Yes. Um, are we setting the challenges yet? Not to the level that I would want. Okay, so we've, we've started it. We've got the Future Innovator Prize, and that's our first uh, rollout. But that, again, is an ambition for the future to grow challenge-based funding. And I think the really interesting thing about challenge-based funding is twofold. Number one, you've got to create the challenge, and you've got to be able to put that out. And that takes some time. But the really interesting thing about it is it opens it up to everybody. So it opens it up to researchers who are in academia, researchers who are in industry, but also loan inventors. So if you look at patent filings in Ireland, you know, the top filers are companies. The next biggest group are loan inventors. And then the third group is academia. Currently, our support systems do not support loan inventors unless they have their own company. So I want those people in the system. You know, if we're doing agricultural research, I want farmers who are very innovative to be in the system. Now, the farmer might not be interested in forming a company. They've already got one. It's called a farm. But they may have some really bright idea that with other people could add value. So I think the real, the real uh, complementary piece of challenge-based funding is that it's complementary to, to what we do in terms of writing proposals. You've got to create the challenge. And I think the other nice thing is it draws in a wider audience of participants. And you know, solutions to some of the world's most difficult problems usually come from left field. They don't usually come from a conventional system. If they did, you'd know about them. So, so I'm really interested in doing that. I'm pleased we've been able to do the SFI Future Innovator Prize. That's rolling out this year. I want to do much more. That's going to be a thing for the future. One thing that has been a point of discussion around SFI is the role of basic research and how it sits within the organisation. Uh, you've got some metrics that are very... Um, for want of a better word, concrete, um, but when you look at citations and, and social impact, they, they sort of skew in another direction. Um, how do you view basic research within the SFI ecosystem? Well, I think the, uh, the metrics show that we're supporting good uh, basic research. As I said, the, uh, the number of Irish researchers in the, who have citations in the top 1% in the world has doubled in the last couple of years. That's a really good measure. So we want to do both. You know, the... the uh, buzzword in science policy uh, currently is ABC. That says applied and basic combined. And and that's essentially what we do. So the SFI research centres do cutting-edge basic research, but they also do applied research. I don't think these things are incompatible. I actually think it's quite difficult to tell what's basic and what's applied research. Um, uh, I mean, is developing a fundamental algorithm basic or applied? Uh, so I think some of this is a little bit uh, tenacious. What I do think is important 
Um, and where I think some of this argument comes from is two things. Number one, that we continue to support individual researchers, and we're putting some focus on that this year. And secondly, that we continue to grow our budget. Because actually, the really uh, challenging thing, and, and in a sense a good thing, is that the research ecosystem in Ireland is now such that we have long reserve lists of projects that are deemed fundable in all of our programmes, in centres, in individual stuff and so on. That's good because it tells you that there's a lot of quality within the system. It's also a challenge to me to grow the budget of SFI, and it is growing, but it's not growing at quite the pace I would like it to. I don't mean that in a critical way. We've got more opportunity. How wonderful is that, that we've got opportunity with excellent researchers and companies, and it's now you know, my and the research community's job. So I think some of the discussion about basic and applied comes from the understandable frustration of excellent people, whether they're in centres or elsewhere, who've got a project that's caught cut the mustard that we haven't got the budget for. Hopefully that will change. The budget is growing. I'd like it to grow faster. And nothing succeeds like success. You know, when you can demonstrate what, what you're doing, then you can move forward. Of course, now we're looking towards 2020 and the second uh, plan under your watch. Yep. Um, a lot of work has gone into it so far. An awful lot of people have spoken to about it. Yep. What learnings have you picked up so far? A lot of Well, it's too early to, to give you a comprehensive answer to that, but I would uh, say a couple of things. First of all, we will have a new strategy from 2020 to 2025. There's a very important word in that, and that's the word new. So, so you know, the, the new strategy has to incorporate some of the good things that we continue to do, like centres and so on, but also has to have some new stuff. Interesting things coming out of it. I mean, one of the things that really came out of it was the support for individual research. So we're not waiting for the new strategy to rule that out. I mean, the big focus on, on the frontiers for the future stuff has actually come out of the consultation. So we are responsive to what we hear. There's other stuff coming out there. A few examples would be we do almost nothing with the developing world. So we do almost nothing with Africa or Vietnam or any of those. That's potentially an interesting area. Um, uh, we're seeing very, very strong uh, requests from uh, what I call the public sector, from, for example, the guards or from councils or uh, 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 from others to get the SFI industry fellowship scheme expanded to them. So our industry fellowship scheme is where researchers go to industry to do a collaborative research project. So people are saying, well, why can't they go to, for example, a, uh, a, a local council and help us with you know, designing our city better or the sewage system or the flood defence systems? That's actually really positive for me, that the fact that people know that this is successful in the industry area and they're wanting to widen, it's also a very clever idea. So uh, so there are a few things I got. By the way, I'm not saying that any of these things are going to happen. I'm just giving you little snippets that come out. And so uh, Dr. Kieran Shoga, who's the Deputy Director General of Science Foundation Ireland, has done a terrific job in a very, very widespread consultation, more than 1,000 people with academia and industry, because we want to harvest all of the best ideas. And then you'll see in 2019 that emerge. One thing for sure, we won't be able to take them all on board. Uh, that's not going to be possible. We're going to take... All what we consider to be the best and hopefully you'll see some of that in 2019 the new strategy should have a continuation of the good stuff that's working but also something new 
And that was Niall Kitson talking to the Director General of Science Foundation Ireland, Professor Mark Ferguson. That's it for our show this week. Do remember you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at techcentral.ie. And of course, listen to our radio show every week online or Fridays at five on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio One Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Niall Kitson, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.